The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, welcome back to yet another Afternoons with Mike, heard daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. I have a couple with me today. I've uh, had Laurie McNamara on before. Uh, Laurie has a friend in the studio with her today that she met. She'll tell the whole story. Rick McConnell is his name. And he, and it won't take long for any of you to realize this guy is in radio. He's got the voice. He's got the sound. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Laurie, welcome to my program. Well, thanks for having us here, and we're glad to be here. We've been kind of traveling around. She's going to tell you a little bit about her ministry, but uh, she is one busy woman with a very busy ministry, and she's uh, pulled me into kind of helping her with her ministry and hanging out with her a lot. A lot. <laughs> pulled you right in. You do have a radio voice, right? <laughs> you, you're just now hearing that, right? Just now hearing it. <laughs> yeah, right. She's heard it before. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know she has. And the way you guys met, and just for upfront, in case you're wondering, they are friends, but also a, a developing relationship, which we'll hear a little bit more about that as well. But I know, Lori, you met Rick through uh, an event that you were, I believe you were playing music, right? I was. I was actually singing at an event while on one of my tours uh, with my Hope Player, and Rick was the MC that night and introduced me on stage. And this was in Colorado, this right? in Colorado. And both of you live in Colorado. We do. Yo, I've lived there for a long time. She moved there maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah, at the time I wasn't even, I had just was buying a house. Okay. There. It's a beautiful area. And Gorgeous. what, let me ask you, Lori, what drew you to Colorado? The mountains. Love the mountains. It was just so beautiful. I, I lived in Vegas and, and was raised in Minnesota and I would drive through and every time I drove through and saw the mountains, I wanted to stay. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And is, are you in like, uh, like the Denver area? Is that where you are? I'm near Colorado Springs, a little bit north of Colorado mm -hmm. Springs. And I think that's what, south or southwest of Denver, I believe? About south, yeah, about 40 miles mm -hmm. south. Beautiful area. I have family there that I've never met. You do? It's what I've been told, yeah. It has my last name, same spelling, and my dad used to say, Son, uh, we have friends and we have family in Colorado, but hmm. we none of us had ever been there during that time. Wow, so. maybe we met them. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I'd like to go back and see Colorado Springs. I think his name was Buddy, Buddy Gilland, if I remember correctly. So oh. how about that? Well, is that where you are too in, in uh, that same area? I'm South Denver. So uh, she mm -hmm. lives in Monument. So I do a lot of driving. She does some of the driving. She's got this big pickup. So we're commuting back and forth a lot. Now, Lori was here. And we talked about your ministries, which I believe it's 320, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. The 320 ministries. And what we talked about the last time you were on the program with me is this player that you kind of had an idea to develop uh, like an audio player, an MP3 player that could be given to someone that is suffering, someone in a nursing home, perhaps in hospice. Exactly. And yes. it's loaded, preloaded with great music. It's preloaded with uh, the old time hymns, uh, like Amazing Grace and all the ones that the elderly remember and can sing word for word. And yeah, my intent with it was to 
give it to senior homes, hospice centers for those that are dying that want to listen, you know, that are listening to the music instead of the machines going on in the background and that brings them some comfort and some peace. And it it goes on with uh, a speaker, not just headsets, right? Correct. Yeah. It's all one unit. Push so one, it, all they have to do is push one button and it plays and it never stops. It loops and you can plug it in and it will play 24-7 for them. How comforting it is for someone yeah, that's in that condition. Exactly. Yeah. She got a hold of a lot of Christian artist friends of hers and said, would you give me some of your hymns? Yeah. Uh, who are some of the artists you have on there? Well, Gary Chapman was the first one because he's got a ton of hymns mm-hmm. uh, CDs. So he gave me some of his music. Michelle Pilar. Oh my Leon goodness, Pacello, yeah. Reba Rambo has a song on there, Morgan Cryer. And some of yours. She's an artist mm-hmm. as well. Okay. So. And so you recorded an album back in the exactly. day? Exactly. The old hymns. Mm-hmm. So some of my songs are on there as well. Yes. Yeah. So what, what was your background as a singer, Lori? I don't really have a background as a singer, except that I would sing in the senior homes for about 12 years. Every okay. Sunday we did church services in a senior home, and I would just sing the, the hymns every Sunday. Now, this whole thing that you do with this player, the whole player, it's not something that these people buy. You get them sponsored, if that's right. Correct. And then you give them to these people. Correct, yeah. It is all a giveaway, and I have donors that that contribute to the ministry. So I just show up at a senior home randomly and, uh, and give them players. And she's done tours, like, all across the country. You're not going to believe where this woman has been. So, in the just in the past year, you've yes. got to tell them. Uh, we uh, just today we hit several senior homes. Yeah. We hit a few a few days ago, mm-hmm. but uh, talk about just a few of the places that you've been just in the past year. You've been uh, you toured the South. Yep, I've been on three tours. Started in Minnesota, went down to Mississippi, over to Florida, um, through Texas, hitting senior homes all along hitting the way. senior homes. Every step of the way, mm-hmm. yeah, up through uh, Ohio, West Virginia, recently, and now I'm gonna going to do one through New Mexico, Arizona, California. And then she so, said, uh, "When I get to Vegas, I'm gonna hit Vegas." So uh, she uh, got me into joining her from Vegas. Yes. We're gonna go up to Utah, so I get to see firsthand what she's doing. Actually, I've actually seen some of these that she she does. Yeah. How many senior homes have you hit so far? Close to a hundred. Wow, a hundred. Wow. And when she goes in there, uh, she just walks in. Now, she's got a very disarming style about her. Everybody just instantly loves her when she walks in. So she just walks in cold. They don't know who she is. And almost every single time that they open the door, they're thrilled with what she does. Then she gets in there, and then lives are touched. You've got a story that you've got to read of one where you walked in there, and you didn't know if it was going to go anywhere. But well, this one actually is a little bit, uh, It's not. I didn't walk in. What's really neat about this tour is I will just randomly pick places, but let God lead me as I'm traveling. And this was a lady that was actually in a parking lot. Mm. I wanted to find a Starbucks and walked up to her and just was asking for directions. And she happened to be a nurse that goes into senior homes. Is that right? So I gave her a player and it didn't seem like it was going to be a really big deal, but she wrote me this letter back if I could read it. Yeah, go ahead. It's powerful. Love it. She says, dear Lori, I know the Lord. Hold on one. I know the Lord sent you my way and it couldn't have been more perfect timing. I ended up working at a building that had a COVID outbreak. Immediately, all the elderly residents were moved around. I could see the fear in their eyes, and it was so sad. Families were in hysteria when we called to notify them. It was unknown, but there was no choice but to trust in God. And the Lord showed up. He came through. We didn't lose anyone, and it was contained. It's been nearly two weeks in the isolation unit and not a lot going on, but I've played the hope player 
that you gave me over and over again. I even had a 90-year-old man ask for a hymn about a sparrow. He began to tear up and cry and told me that if the Lord takes care of the birds, he will surely take care of us. Oh, that's great. I ended up with so many requests. They were shouting out requests. It has turned into the isolation unit of praise and worship. Other folks wanted to know what was going on. So it was the Lord that sent you to cross paths with me so I could get the hope player to minister to these old souls and use it all for the glory of the Lord. I know my faith has been renewed. It was like an awakening to actually turn all concerns over to Jesus has truly been amazing. Thank God you were obedient. I never thought I'd be the DJ for the elderly in an isolation (laughs) unit. That's great. They've been clapping their hands and tapping their toes to the music. I really wanted to run from what felt like a building on fire, but instead the Lord had a plan for me to run towards the flames with complete trust in him. God bless you. What an amazing story. And you just happened to run into this lady at, at a coffee shop, not knowing that this was going to happen. Isn't it cool to see how God leads us like that? Exactly. Yeah. It's always amazing to me. And, you know, I have to ask the question before we turn to Rick here for a moment on his background. What was it, Lori, that gave you this deep passion, like a heart for the elderly? What, what do you think? Was there one single thing or was it something you just heard the Lord say, I want you to do this? It was actually a request from our church to do services in a senior home. I had never considered it. And once I got in there, I fell in love with them and saw the need uh, that I'd never seen before. They have no way to get out of assisted living at times unless a family member takes them out. So they're essentially stuck in their rooms and in this place. So I would come in and bring music into them. And then when COVID hit, the Hope Player was my only form of ministry was getting the player into them. And that's really cool. You know, my uh, son-in-law calls that being voluntold (laughs) when you're asked to do something and then all of a sudden the Lord opens the door for you. It it is a volunteering uh, and and yet you're serving by just following through on that request. I can't imagine not doing it now. It's so exciting. It's so fun just to see their faces and see the joy that these little players bring them, and the healthcare workers. They're so touched by them as well. Now, I remember the story. When you first had this idea, why don't you go ahead and share how it went from an idea in your mind to finding a place that could produce the hardware for it. Right. It started with a friend of mine who was 102 years old who was in hospice care. Mm. I was visiting her, and as I was leaving the room, I felt the Lord saying, I want you to go back in and sing to her. So I walked back in the room and said, Anna, I want to sing before I leave. Let's sing Amazing Grace. And I saw the comfort and peace it brought to her just hearing the old hymn that she knew. Mm -hmm. Um, I never made it back before she passed away. And a friend of mine suggested that we bring my CDs into hospice centers. And I'm thinking I would like to see a device that I could just leave behind that would be easy for them to play or the family to play, push a button, and, and it would continue to play. So I did some research online and found a company called Mega Voice, and they have this little player. Usually it's the audio Bible on it. Mm-hmm. I called them up and asked if I could put some hymns on it, and they said, absolutely. In fact, I'm the only one that does this hmm. in their company. Is that right? It's usually messages and Bible readings. And I've it. seen your player before, and the model that you use of that uh, that thing is also used by other companies to put Bible teaching, and like you said, exactly. the Bible itself. Exactly. And yeah. that's pretty cool. So this is a unique use of it. You know, they came out, it looks a little bit like the old iPods, you know, that mm-hmm. the kids would come out. It, you know, funny how is 
this uh, whole thing with tech goes, it's not always better. I think we, you, Rick yeah. and I were talking yeah, about that. These are, these are what they call low tech. I mean, yeah. And everybody thinks high tech. Can they operate it? And uh, these are people in senior homes uh, sometimes diminish mental skills. And right. one button, you press it. And she's demonstrated this many times. She goes, you press. And you know how it is with the, uh, I can grab a, you know, a, a device and it takes me 10 15 minutes to figure yeah, out how to yeah, get it turned right. on. I was trying to operate a microwave the, the other day, and thought, I can't even do this. But this, <laughs> press a button, and it plays. And she came up with this, and uh, it was just brilliant. And uh, she's the only one in America that's doing this kind of thing. She's a, she's a I call her a one-woman move of God. Wow. Because uh, she goes to these places, and, and that's why the door's open for her. And I think she has, has the hand of God on her doing this, because the seniors, as she has taught me, or the forgotten generation now. They used mm-hmm. to be the greatest generation, now they're the forgotten generation, and she's impacting them. That's well said, Rick. Now, you know, you had this idea, right, before COVID. Yeah, about six months before COVID. Yeah. God had the idea. Yeah, right. right, but he gave you the idea, and you would have had, no. was it already in the hands of people during COVID? During COVID? Did, during not, that no not very many i just started you it. just started i just started so i thought wow this is a great little tool and then I, I also created one that had messages on it so some inspirational messages by pastors and some speakers along with the music so if people want to get behind you Lori, what what's the process for people donating or maybe sponsoring some of these players what is that like i would love that they just need to go to my website and they can find a donate button and that website is? 320ministries.org. 320, and those are numbers, 320ministries.org. Correct. All right, very good. Let's move over to Rick for a moment, the guy with the big voice. All right, I feel like uh, I've got Casey Kasem here in the studio with me. Here, <laughs> Casey Kasem. <laughs> well, your voice is very identifiable. Tell us your background, Rick. Well, um, I have been in radio pretty much since out of high school, six months out of high school, and gotten Christian radio because um, it discipled me. Well, let's go back further than that. It uh, Christian music helped lead me to the Lord. Um, this gal in high school presented the gospel to me, and I thought she was nuts because I thought I would have heard about this by now. I mean, you get to go to heaven free, paid for by Jesus Christ. You get your sins forgiven free. I said, no, no she's 16 years old. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Mm. Ah, but she had this music. She's kind of showing this music. It was early contemporary Christian music, what I'd never heard before. Who were the artists? Uh, some of the early Maranatha artists. It was mm-hmm. a Mustard Seed Faith. Yeah. And some of these artists that, uh, well, interestingly enough, some of these have become friends of hers. Honey she Tree. Just, yeah. uh, Honey Tree was one of the ones I learned later. But some of the early Maranatha artists like Daryl Mansfield and, and Eric Nelson, Some of the, uh, maybe some of your listeners don't know who they are, but it impacted me. And I said, they're saying what she is saying. So I thought, well, maybe there's some credibility to what she's saying. So took me several months to believe it because I just didn't believe it. And she said, well, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> what kind of background did you have? Well, actually, I grew up born and raised in Texas. I wasn't, a, I wasn't one of these God haters, but I wasn't into God at all. I was pretty much an atheist agnostic. Um, but uh, about four months before that, God directly dealt with me. I was, an, I was a hardcore evolutionist, but I wasn't one of these angry people. Uh, but God just uh, laid it on my heart. And I thought about the universe and galaxies and all this. And I said, there's no way this could have happened by accident, just mm-hmm. out of the blue. And it's just, I looked at creation and said, it's way too complex to have happened. They can give it 50 trillion years. I'm not going to believe it happened by random accident. So I believed in God at that moment. 
Uh, and then she shared the gospel with me. And then about uh, two months after that, I decided I'm going to be a believer. Then I sort of wasn't serious about God for about five or six months. I made a mistake. I thought, I'm going to heaven. I don't have to try anymore to do anything. Yeah. So I didn't go to church. I thought, why do I can why do whatever to, I want to do? I go to yeah. church. I'm going to heaven. I thought that's the way it worked. Oh, my life kind of fell apart. Then uh, that summer, I got serious about God, started listening to Christian music, and it really impacted me. And I was working at a beef processing plant, and I thought, what do I want to do with my career? I'm out of high school. And uh, thought, ooh, I want to play this music on the radio for people. You know what? Remember, Mike, when they lied to us and told us radio was fun? <laughs> well, I thought, I'm going to have fun sitting there playing this music all the time where there's a lot of work that goes yeah, on. Yeah, there's a lot of background stuff <laughs> that you don't ever hear about. So I got in radio because it impacted my life. And within a year out of high school, I was in radio because it impacted my life. I thought, I want to be one of these people uh, on the other side helping somebody that I was on the other side and, and getting discipled. So that was real important to me. Mm. So you got right in into Christian radio then. I mean, from the get-go, right? Right. It was interesting how I got yeah. there because I went to radio school in Dallas, dropped out of radio school. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It just didn't work out. And then I moved back to Amarillo, Texas and walked in the studio and I said, can I have a job? And they said, yeah, you can work Sunday mornings. That was the worst shift. Nobody wanted it. They wanted to be at church. And uh, started radio then. And uh, really, uh, I tried to get out of radio several times. It just didn't interest me. Uh, but now, here decades later, I do a lot of work for, I, I get more satisfaction rather than working for one radio station. I do a few hundred stations across the U.S. and Canada and overseas. So that gives me more satisfaction. I feel like there are my bosses, all these radio mm -hmm. stations, mm -hmm. doing a lot of things to help their programming. And that's where tech has really come in handy for you because otherwise you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. All of the ability you have to disseminate all of these files to all of these radio stations. Yep. And your voice is there, but you're not. Yeah. So, you know, I've got I, I've got this thing going on, but uh, radio is kind of, it's kind of weird, but it's old news to me. It's my job. It's my career. Then I meet Lori, and she's got this dynamic thing going on where she's out there. I get in my studio at, at my home studio, and I'm kind of by myself. Well, she's out there traveling the country. We're so going to hear that. Let's pick that up. Okay. I want to pick that up on the other side of our break. Rick McConnell and Lori McNamara, my guests, will be back with them in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, Call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Back with another segment with my guests, Rick McConnell and Lori McNamara. And, you know, uh, I, we talked a, a little bit about this in segment one. Uh, you were married before and, and basically your husband died unexpectedly out in Vegas. And that was a number of years ago. 
and that really that, that just rocks one's world. It's not ever happened to me. I'm I'm uh, I'm fortunate, grateful, but I can't tell you how many friends that have I know that I have that they've gone through something like that. Uh, it's a difficult thing, and so you you took a couple of years to decide what it was and where you wanted to be. And Laurie, you're I know you went on a you mentioned going on tours. You went on a when when you say tour, you're talking about like all over the country, aren't you? I am, yeah. To start with uh, my husband's death, it's been eight years, and it was uh, quite a long grief journey. Mm. Um, almost five years before I really was done crying over it and, mm-hmm. and really got involved more so with touring and getting out there. So, yeah, and, uh, since then I've done a lot of traveling, and that's how I met Rick. So I know basically uh, your tours went all the way, including Florida, which I've been privileged to be part of a couple of your events where you were raising money for the Hope Player. And you, you've you got these friends, uh, Rick uh, alluded to this earlier, you've got artist friends and these guys that you brought into town were from this million dollar quartet that you met them, I guess, out in Vegas, I guess. Exactly. They were part of the Million Dollar Quartet show in Las Vegas for four years. Great. So we have a Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, and Carl Perkins. You're right. And all of these impersonators. Now, people who may remember uh, the, at least the piano player because he was on American Idol. Mm-hmm. Jacob Tolliver. Yeah. 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 What an amazing, and ironically, not only did he cover Jerry Lee Lewis well, but he and the killer became friends. Yeah. He actually opened for many of his concerts. Yeah. Went on tour with Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, yeah. And Jerry Lee Lewis loved Jacob. Yeah. And so um, I got to be his bass player for a couple of those you things. Did. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. And then when, when the killer recently passed away, I wrote Jacob and I, because I was thinking of him. And, you know, we kind of touched base with texting backwards and forwards. And it really had an impact on, mm-hmm. on Jacob's life when. Jerry Lee Lewis died, mm. but you've, you've done all of this, you eight years, and then you're doing, I guess it was uh, an event in Colorado and this guy from Colorado named Rick McConnell, who is a uh, well-known in the area. You, I mean, you're a MC, so you, you, are you on the air in Denver? Uh, yes, I am. There's a, an outfit of radio stations all across uh, Colorado called The Light, and I've worked with them for a lot of years. So um, when you work on radio, you end up emceeing these things. And I, uh, it, there's an interesting thing, and we want to talk about how God uh, will guide you to do some things. And you'll go, why, God? But I don't know why, but I'll do it. There's a, a mutual friend of ours, Kay Owen Larson, out there, and she heads senior ministry in that area. She's very good. And many years ago, she maybe five, six years ago, she asked me if I would emcee one of her events. And I said, yeah, sure, I did. And then the Lord spoke to me. Now, I'm not one of these that says, Lord spoke to me all the time. Maybe a handful of times says he's spoken to me in the past five years. But he spoke to me and said, whatever she asks you to do, you're to do that. So if she asked me to emcee an event, I said, I'm not going to charge you. I will do it because God told me to. So God said, whenever she wants you to emcee an event, uh, you will do that. So here comes this event. And uh, I'd done this event several times. And then there's this uh, new Christian artist I'd never heard of before, Lori Mack, Lori McNamara. And um, <laughs> I had to introduce her, and I interviewed her beforehand. And uh, here's this uh, woman, and, and she's got this soft voice and uh, this almost like a, a country style on stage singing these hymns. 
And uh, she was just a, one of the artists that night. Matthew Ward was performing after her, so a good lineup of artists. And that was it. Uh, and then she got a hold of me to be a voice, uh, so I could voice announce some th- verses on mm-hmm. her whole players, which was an honor. Yeah. I said, well, Lori, I'd love to do that. Um, now, I had gone through a divorce, a sad, pathetic divorce, about four or five years before that. And uh, so I was not dating, wasn't interested in dating. I was just serving the Lord and growing in my life. And it was the, a happy time in my life um, because I was um, in, in a place where I could really seek the Lord, no hindrances. And I was very busy with the men's group. And uh, my life was, was really good. Well, she and I chatted off and on that year. But <laughs> the funny thing is... She thought I was still married uh, because I wore a ring because I didn't want to date. And I thought, well, this will keep women away, you know. So it, it but it didn't work exactly the way I thought because it kept her away. Uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and so it was like a negative effect at that point, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, I had opportunities to date other women instead of just not interested. And my daughter even said, I've got these women and they want to date. And so I said, well, not interested. And the only person I was even interested in chatting with and have a conversation with was Lori. Uh, not any dating relationship. That wasn't going to happen. Uh, no way. <laughs> so well, You would always say you were happy before you met me, too. Yeah, I, I jokingly say I was very happy before I met you. <laughs> Happier now. So, okay, do you want to get, Lori, you want to get into how it triggered into us uh, actually getting into... More conversation and how God entered it? That's very interesting. I have to share this, though, because as you're saying, that the reason you were at that event was because God told you to listen to Kay. Or to, right. To, that was the same for me. I didn't want to sing at that event. I was fighting God on that, but I remember I always said to him, if you ever ask me to sing, I will sing for you. So I told her no like three times to sing that event, and I finally... Really? Agreed to, and I'm glad I did. That's how I met you. Yeah, see, we were struggling with that. I wasn't really that thrilled about emceeing events because I've done enough of those. It's no big deal for me. But I did it because God said for her, yeah. for that woman, yeah, Kay, to do that. So it's interesting that uh, I did that because God told me to. She didn't want to, turned it down, and God wanted to. So we met. Uh, nothing happened that year. We were just uh, chatted professionally and worked with her ministry. And uh, God arranges things in an interesting way. I'm uh, working with some men at my church and, and discipling young believers. There is this one guy, he's, he's not a young believer, he's in his 40s, but he has an idea of going into senior homes with a dog. He said, can you do that? I said, well, I don't know. I know one woman that's an expert on things like this. So we all connected. And I said, I called her and said, Lori, there's this guy that I know. He's trying to get a dog in senior homes. Can we, us three connect after this one event, uh, we're going to be connecting late at night after the event. And uh, you want to tell the other event, uh, the other part of that story, how that happened? Well, immediately I said yes, not really thinking about it. But for a day, I kept saying to myself, and maybe God was putting in my heart, I can't go meet a couple guys at a restaurant. I'm a single woman. They could be married. And I didn't know. So I finally text Rick and said, hey, I got some issues here. I got to talk to you. Go ahead. So she uh, we, we she called, and then the cat's out of the bag. I'm not married. She found out about that, which other women did not know that. She's the first one that found out I really wasn't married. We started chatting that day, but I didn't want to give her the wrong impression. Uh, this was going to be a friendship. I was not interested mm-hmm. in any dating. Made that clear, yeah. Yeah, so I sent her a text. Uh, which um, she can pull up on her phone and is pulling up on her phone right now. <laughs> Even as we speak. <laughs> because yes. it was the, what she calls it the now infamous text. And I wanted to make it crystal clear so there would be no confusion about this. So you, you should be able to do it from memory. Here's the text I sent her that day. 
which said, do you think you and I can be friends and keep romance out of it? (laughs) Now that had a shelf life of about a week (laughs) because I I didn't, I I thought we were just going to be buddies, you know, and chatting on the phone every now and then. Um, But until I started talking with her and and discovered the most intelligent conversationalist I'd ever met in my life. And I said, oh, okay, so I could be in trouble here. <laughs> so uh, a week later, um, we were going to connect uh, and be with each other at a park and just hang out as friends. For the first time in a year, we hadn't seen each other. And uh, so we met at this park. And uh, you want me to tell you tell the, the heavy story there? Of course. You want to tell it? No, I've been you, doing no, most of the talking. No, you tell it. It's wonderful. Uh, okay. So uh, God can move in interesting ways. I was not interested in dating. I liked her as a friend, a good friend. We were becoming good friends real fast. But I was very concerned because I didn't know if, if uh, she was expecting more in a love relationship, which was not going to happen, or dating was not going to happen. We're just going to be friends. I was my, I had a good life and didn't want to mess with it. And so I, she suggested that I pray about that. I thought, well, there's a concept. She said, did you pray about that? I said, no, it's just my decision. Well, you had asked me, or you didn't ask me, you told me you, that I could not fall in love with you. <laughs> that, there was you said that. that. You can't can't fall in love with you. I didn't want to break her heart. Uh, And she has a friend, Michelle Pilar, who said, told her some advice. What was Michelle? Michelle said, you can't not love if God puts love in you. Yeah. So she told me that. I rolled my eyes and thought, that sounds cute. Well, I'm not going to fall in love anyway. (laughs) But she, Lori's a godly woman. And I said, Lori Lori said I should pray about this. I'm driving, uh, making the move from Denver to Colorado Springs to drive. And I said, Lori, okay, I'm praying only because she said I should pray about it. I said, "I, I, I just want a friendship. Yeah, I, I don't have it in my heart. She's an attractive woman, but I cannot see her and me in a dating relationship. I got to the park, and God did the most amazing thing I'd ever heard of in my life. As soon as we started talking, uh, God hit my heart. And and uh, all I can say is it's like butterflies on steroids. Uh, so she immediately became more than a friend that day at the park. And I realized from that point on, mm-hmm. yeah, I could fall in love with this woman. Yeah, and, your eyes uh, were opened. Mm-hmm, I was, my eyes were open. My heart was open. And it was that day. I'm serious. I've never seen anything happen like this. And I'm not a young man, you know, in middle school having butterflies. I'm older. You know, I've got grandkids. But I realized that God had touched my heart, and I said, oh, I'm going to fall in love with this woman. And the rest is history. So now we've got this wonderful love relationship. Uh, we, are, uh, we are wanting to go further in this. Interesting thing. What do you do when you're our age? You mm-hmm. have to deal with this thing. What about uh, sex and, and dating? Well, we've talked a whole lot about that, and we decided uh, down the road, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about marriage, yes. But we said, you know, we're just not going to have sex before we get married. And we stick to that. And I, I tell her, this is my this is my highest priority in our marriage uh, to keep away from that. And you have to do a lot of thinking, a lot of planning to avoid that. But, yeah, and that's what we're doing. We've done that, and we plan to go all the way. Uh, with, and funny term there, we plan to go to the marriage right. altar and, and not uh, go there. So You're, you're going to make it through keeping your commitment to the Lord, yep. number one. Yeah. And I think that is so well, that's that's just a, a great way to express wanting to honor God in a relationship in a day where, you know, I know that you probably are in discussions with people who probably don't believe you when you say that you're remaining chaste in your friendship and in your relationship. They probably don't believe you in that. I, I wouldn't say, Lori, they don't believe us, but we have uh, some mutual friends who simply don't even bother with that. 
um, are couple, some couples that we know of, they just live together. Right. Uh, I'm not going to judge their Christianity or anything, but uh, we jokingly say, yeah, I say, we're going to live together? And she knows the answer. She goes, nah. So, because we're not going to go there. Yeah, right. She has her house, I have mine. Uh, but uh, it's just a, kind of a sad thing. So how many couples do we know of that are already engaged in that or married, I mean, are living together? Yeah, several. Yeah. And I think it's a wonderful commitment that you're making, and I admire that. I, I think it's uh, just a great thing that will bring glory and honor to God. And in spite of the fact that our culture does not go there very often at all in our culture, you won't find this apart from people who have this conviction and this real uh, wanting to honor God and his word, because he's the one who said that that should be the way it is. Mm. Not uh, our idea or anyone else's idea. It's God's idea. And you're kind of uh, laying that, if you will, as an example for people that know you, people that uh, will see. And, and if it is God's will for one day you guys to marry, well, then so be it. You've waited and done the right thing in the end between time. Yeah, and we want to honor God in that. We we see God's handprints all over this and so many signs. So, uh, And she seeks God, I seek God, and we talk about God every day. Uh, mm. And first thing in the morning, she'll give me a call. What did the Lord show you this morning? And sometimes the Lord hadn't shown me anything specific, but I share with her anyway, and God's always speaking to her. She's the most godly woman I think I've ever met in my life, so I, I certainly am wise enough to listen to her when God speaks to her, and he does. That's good. And that is a, a wonderful thing to have from God, even if it's at a friendship level, to have a friend that you can go to and get wisdom from deep within the heart. That's just wonderful. What's ahead for you guys regarding the Hope Player? Let's, uh, let's talk about that again for a moment. What's ahead in 2023? 2023. Well, at the end of February, I'm heading out again on another tour, starting from Colorado, going into New Mexico and Arizona and parts of California with a friend who travels along with me, stopping at just random senior homes along the way and meeting with donors. And and then uh, Rick's going to be connecting with me in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. and we'll be traveling back to Colorado mm -hmm. with me. So when you go on the road, do you work at getting, let's say, new donors as well as you're going equipped from previous donors? Probably both. I share on Facebook as I travel, so I'm posting every day about who I meet and the experiences that I have, and people will see I have a, a magnet on my truck that has a website, and I've run into people that will check the, the website. Uh, in fact, one couple did in near uh, Mississippi, mm -hmm. Lexi, Mississippi. I pulled over, and they had looked at the website, and they're like, we love what you're doing. We have an elderly mom, and they gave me a donation right there and then. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, it is exciting just to travel with the Lord. And it is, I don't call ahead. I just Google places wherever I'm driving and just randomly stop in and, and meet with them. Well, that's an inspiration. You, I've enjoyed getting to talk with you guys and hearing your story. And thank you once again for living a life that is uh, worthy of emulation. And I believe that that's what you're doing. You're honoring God and you're giving an example all at the same time. And may the Lord bless you, and uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with this whole ministry, and not only the ministry, but perhaps uh, the this couple that God is pulling together like this. This is great. Yeah, well, we're excited about that, too. Yeah. So how can people get in touch with the player and you? 
they can go to my website, 320ministries.org, 320ministries.org. There's a contact page, and I'm one-man show, so I will respond back to them. All right. And Rick, I know people can listen to your clips online. Uh, how can they do that? Well, it's mostly for radio stations, but uh, they can go there at um, monumentalstudiosdenver.com and go there and uh, and listen to bits and pieces and get a hold of me if they want. Yeah, it's great. Maybe other radio stations will be hearing this and contacting you as well. It's great to have both of you in, and we'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Here we are with segment three on my program today and back in the studio, my good buddy, John Crossman. John is heard every Saturday at 105. His program's called The Crossman Conversation. And he talks uh, about uh, issues such as suicide, uh, business, obviously, also racism and the whole cultural situation that we find ourselves in in America today. His uh, background is involved as uh, a leader in really the, the whole civil rights movement. His dad was a pioneer in that, and he has a lot, I believe, a lot to say about it. John, welcome back to my program, my friend. Oh my gosh, it's always a pleasure to be here with you. I always tell me you're my boss, my mentor, teaching me <laughs> how to do all this radio stuff. So thank you. It's always so great to be with you. Well, I appreciate that. Your show is really so interesting to me. It's my privilege to produce that program. And I get to kind of be a bug on the wall and watch what happens with you in uh, these conversations with some very well-known, a lot of them uh, very famous people uh, that you have already a great relationship with, John. And that speaks highly of you. It just talks about your, it it really shouts out uh, the influence that you've had in this area for many, many years. And I get to be part of that. And so thank you for that aspect. I feel like I'm learning from you, my man. (laughs) Well, we make a good team. You know, I really try in life to be a giver. And so a lot of times the people on the show, they know it's going to be a safe place for them as far as having a healthy conversation. And also I I don't bug them. You know, I, I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't bug them with stuff. You know, I really try to be thoughtful and intentional about when I engage with them. So they know that I, I'm on the up and up, not just trying to always take from them, I'm trying to give to them as well. And, and on that, I want to talk about that for a moment because, uh, you know, the real reason that you're here today is we're talking about a, a second show also called the Crossman Conversation slash CEO edition that will begin this week. We'll talk about that in a moment, but let's dial back to what we were just discussing. What I consider to be one of the most unique aspects about you, your life, your success has been the fact that you have this ability, and I don't believe everybody does. You have this ability to kind of straddle these worlds the, uh, with both feet firmly planted in uh, the African-American. You're a proponent for HBCUs. Uh, you are, like I said, your dad was a pastor who really took to heart the civil rights movement and became a pioneer especially among white pastors 
became a pioneer of helping his brothers uh, on that side. And uh, you're doing the same thing. You sit on the board of, of a college, a major college, but you're also well-known by all of these other uh, historically black colleges and universities. That's where that acronym HBCU comes from. How do you do that, John? Well, I mean, listen, I think first off, it's, uh, it's how Christ lived his life, right? Like Christ had people in his life who were from all different areas, all different spaces. And in reality, Mike, don't all of us live that way. Like, you know, anytime somebody's listening to this, they go into a Wawa and they just buy a cup of coffee. You know, do you know what the cashier believes politically or religiously, you know, in your business, you interact, you've, you've played the guitar in front of people. Do you know anybody in the audience? Do they agree with you politically or religiously? Of course not. Yeah. Of course not. So we as humans live in spaces where we're working with people who have different views. And I think then the second part about it is, so, so I think treating people with love and dignity is sort of where it starts, right? There's that. And I've said to you before uh, that some people get mad at me because I don't hate the people they hate with the same fervor they hate. You <laughs> think how crazy that is. It's like, I'm like, you know, I disagree with that person and I agree with you. Oh, John, but you don't hate him like I hate him. And that's really the disagreement we have is that they want me to hate the other human being more as much as they hate them. And I'm like, guys, like I, I, I've had people I completely agree with uh, theologically and politically unfriend me on Facebook because mm-hmm. I'm kind to people who disagree with us. Well, your kindness goes probably in territories where they're not uh, currently experiencing. Right. They're not walking in that kind of a scenario with, with uh, these particular situations. Your ability, this is what I love about you, your ability to not only uh, do that and accept that, but to be- befriend people that would be not you know lined up with you, even like you said, politically. And yet you have Democrats, you, you talk regularly right. about the fact that you're a Republican, but that doesn't stop you from having great relationships with many people who are Democrats. Yeah. I recently was uh, someplace and somebody said, well, aren't you more of an independent? And I get that sometimes. I'm like, no, dude, I'm like a super conservative Republican. And what I mean by that is like, if you look at policy, policy, I always end up very hardcore Republican. At the same time, I'm passionate about civil rights issues. And somebody said to me like, well, don't those more match up with Democrats? I'm like, no, I don't think so. At the same time, if somebody's a Democrat and they're passionate about the civil rights issue I'm working on and we can partner, well, then let's partner. Like we do that. Society partners on things and we can partner on one thing and disagree on another thing. Now, I agree with you partly. And I I just want to throw this out here for discussion. Yeah. I think there was a time that society agreed upon that. Right. And you could have your opinion and somebody over here could have an opinion in the opposite direction. But those two people could still be friends. They could still be workmates. If they're in Congress, they could still go to dinner together and talk about things that they commonly believe. And leave those other things maybe for debate on the floor. Right. We seem to be living in a day like today that is much more polarized. Mm-hmm. And people don't want to be seen in the same picture right. with someone who believes differently than what they believe. Well, I think that if we read the Bible, we see that kind of stuff happen back then, right? I think that we've got to choose to be who we feel called to be, right? And listen, uh, when I die, and um, I hope you'll come to the funeral, Mike. I hope you'll oh, be there. I oh, appreciate Mike, that. Even, you know, yeah. But uh, but I but I hope I hope there are Democrats there. I hope there are Republicans there. I hope there are people there that love Trump. I hope people there that hate Trump. I hope there's people that are atheists. I hope atheist friends of mine. I hope I hope they come. I hope they come, and I hope 
that if I have family members that are crying, I, I hope they hug them. I hope that, mm-hmm. you know, um, because, you know, I want to, I want to be defined by, you know, Christ's love. And I hope I share that with people. It's not up to me to, you know, change their hearts. That's, that's between them and them and God. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, you and I both see craziness out there all the time. I want to choose to, you know, thread the needle who I, who I want to be and who I feel called to be. Right. And again, there's a, there's a big difference between being kind and then saying, oh, well, I agree with that. Right. I mean, there's lots of things I don't agree with. Right. And I have no comfortable, I'm very comfortable saying I don't agree with this topic or that topic. Right. And I have very, I'm very comfortable having a, a discussion. It's just that if somebody feels one way, let's just look, pick an easy one. If somebody says, well, I think taxes should be higher and I think taxes should be lower. Right. Why would there need to be insults with that? Like if somebody yeah. has that yeah, belief system, question. if they have, if somebody has a belief system that they believe that people in higher income should be paying more because they think there should be more road work and more free education, I'm not, why would I attack their heart for that? Like mm-hmm. if, if that's what they believe, right? Again, I don't agree with them, but the fact that I don't agree with them, why would they attack my heart? Mm-hmm. Right. And we need to have more healthy spaces. I frankly find the people that go to anger and name calling the fastest have the, have the worst argument. Right. Like when somebody kind of starts insulting me, I'm like, I probably am winning this argument because why are they doing it? There's no need for that. There's no need for the name. They call. probably even, they feel a little bit threatened by you. Yeah, I, it could be, but you know, I always come back to, it's like, what's the goal? And you've heard me say this, like, are we about principles or are we about power? If we're about power, you know, if we're about power, well then we'll loosen our principles because we want to maintain power. I think what I think is I'm really trying to do is like, I don't really care about power. I have power. I can let go. It's principle. I want to stay mm-hmm. on. And so if you let go of power and you're like, well, you know what, gosh, I'm not running for office. I'm not head of some organization where I got to raise all this money. So if some people get uncomfortable, that's okay. I want to be about principle. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am very grateful. I've been appointed, appointed four times politically, two by Republicans and two by, times by Democrats. And I'm really honored that the Democrats that picked me, right? It's kind of amazing. And mm-hmm. they, they know I'm a conservative Republican. But they picked me, I think, because they felt like in that one role, I was qualified to do so. And I was honored to serve them in that way. Well, and and you're really serving them because you're a bridge builder now across a different divide that that person uh, at that particular institution would not otherwise have. Yeah. And I think that's just the beautiful thing about it. My mind is going to the Bible verse, how how good and pleasant it is when, when brothers can dwell together in unity and in harmony and in love. How sweet that is. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a wonderful kind of unity. And I see you as being a bridge builder for that very cause. So thank you for that, my man. Well, We've, go ahead. I was going to say to you, Mike, just to confess this to you. I sometimes try to build bridges and I get walls put in front of me. And that breaks my heart. And that's hard sometimes just to share that with you. Um, and I just feel called by Christ to keep trying. Um, but it does, I mean, it, I'm not always successful. I'm not always successful. Mm-hmm. I just want to share that with you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, I know it is not always the way we like it, but we keep doing the right thing right. and trusting the Lord with the balance. And that's the way I believe we're all called to live. John's program, the new one now in Orlando, it's it's going to be across the network, but in a, a couple of different time slots on the stations. This new show will begin this coming week. Uh, in Orlando on WIWA, it will begin at 10.05, and that is the same time slot that our good friend Mark Goldstein, uh, his program was there, which is only heard in Orlando, 
and it's moving now to 4.05. So the Crossman CEO edition will be on at 10.05. Then on the other stations in Orlando, in Ocala and the Villages, also Gainesville, 11.05. Who's going to be on your first show this week? Uh, so the first show is going to be Craig Usler, and Craig is known very well in, in Orlando as really the premier downtown Orlando developer. What I also like about Craig is he's a very much a student of the game. He's been a, uh, a, a professor at, at NYU. And so like, if you were like anywhere working on a downtown community, uh, Craig is a real genius in that. In fact, you know, when people hear me lecture at um, colleges or conference or lecture on real estate, it's very common that I quote Craig Usler. Uh, so I really enjoy uh, having him on the show. And of course, we're going to be talking about Orlando and business and then talk about what can we learn from downtown Orlando that can be applied in other communities. Now, what would be your uh, driving goal for this new program? Uh, my driving goal would be really to allow access uh, to our listeners into my business mind and the business mind of my guest. You know, that's really what we're trying to do in that space. And then make sure that it's relatable and usable. And then kind of the back end of it is make it relatable from a scriptural uh, point of view, mm. right? So there's kind of like my view and my guest view, and then some concept of like, what does scripture say about this, about this subject? Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to try. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how this program develops. I know you've got some exciting things planned. It's the Crossman CEO edition, and that's going to air again in uh, Orlando this coming Saturday. And that is the 11th of February, the uh, day before Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So it's going to be at 10.05 in Orlando and at 11.05 in Ocala and in Gainesville. Hope you can tune in. You know, you retired from your big company that you might be most known for, which mm -hmm. was Crossman and Crossman. You retired, what, in, was it 18 or 19? 19, yeah. In 2019. And the CEO, um, uh, kind of the, the list that you were put on by the Sentinel is very impressive. And I know you don't talk a lot about yeah. that. I like to bring it up because I, you are a, a truly a leader, brother. Oh, and uh, I know the Sentinel dubbed you as one of the top CEOs in the area. And uh, you really bring a lot to the table when it comes to this kind of discussion with all these other CEOs that you're going to be talking about. And so any businessman can learn, learn from you. Learn from your guests by tuning in to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition. I know you're excited to, to get this thing launched, aren't you? Oh, I'm really excited about it. And, and I truly, I do think I'll hope to be impactful. I've always been about trying to help people have access to leaders and access to their wisdom. And that's a key thing that I hope comes through this. Is somebody's thinking, man, I really would like to know more about blank. I'd like to hear more from that person. And this is this hopefully will be the catalyst for those conversations. Oh, that's great. Well, it's John Crossman, my guest for this segment. He'll be on this coming Saturday. Don't miss it. And friends, thank you for joining us today right here on Afternoons with Mike on The Shepherd. <music> 